What's up, guys? What's up? Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, guys, you're on the Catch Geeks Network show, and we have an extra special guest that's going to give a, a tremendous amount of value, as he always does, and he's very well known. Guys, I'm Dom. And I'm G. And this is the, the Catch Geeks, Geeks Network. Network. And we have Zach Ginn, and we are ready to go in on it. Warren, throw him on in. Zach, what's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you? Doing good, doing good. How are you doing today? Dude, every day above ground is an amazing day. Hell awesome. Yeah. Hey, man, some of them below ground are pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach, so if it's cool with you, man, we're just going to go right in and try to pick your brain uh, for as sure, much uh, information as we possibly can to give as, as much value to everyone as we can. Is that cool with you? Let's do it, dude. Awesome, dude. So if we can just start out because we want to learn as much about you as possible, um, if you could just give us a little bit of information about who you are, where you're located, and uh, and how you got into real estate. Yeah, man. So my name's Zach Ginn. I'm a 21-year-old real estate investor, wholesaler, creative finance junkie. Whatever happens in real estate investing, that's what I'm into. Uh, basically, I started out in real estate wholesaling when I was 17 years old. Um, so born and raised basically, uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida, which is in St. Lucie County, which is North of Palm beach, uh, about 30, 40 minutes North of Palm beach. And really that's where I started out. So at 17 years old, I started wholesaling real estate. Um, I can give you my whole story, but basically my dad, Rick is other real estate wholesaler. And I tried to get into real estate wholesaling, uh, with him teaching me it and, Unfortunately, uh, he didn't want me to get in the business. So I started doing it myself. Um, fast forward, graduated high school, about made about $100,000 in profits uh, before I graduated and teamed up with Rick. And now we run the biggest wholesaling operation on the Treasure Coast here in Florida. Dude, nice. that's awesome. So why didn't... Uh, so Rick is your dad? Yeah. Why, why didn't he want you to get into the game? It's a tough business, man. I'm going to mm. be honest. Um, it's... Not for the faint of heart, 17-year-olds probably probably shouldn't be doing it, uh, but my drive was pretty high, uh, I would say. It, it, was, it was kind of insane. So um, I got really into doing bandit signs. I was putting about 100 bandit signs out a week uh, for okay. basically two months straight until I had enough deals where I could have people do it for me. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So how did that look like your, you know, Rick is wholesaling. You're trying to get into the game. He's like, nah, don't do it. You just had to go out on your own. You just started putting out bandit signs and then took it from there. Yeah. So eventually what happens is he said, if you can get your own real estate wholesaling deals, I'll help you out. Uh, but I eventually had to get there. So um, I actually had to get my first couple deals done by myself without him. So mm. first deal I got when I was in high school. So I was in my class and I got a band sign call. And I answered, I get kicked out of class because you're not supposed to have your phone there. Wait, wait so you answered inside the class? Yeah, I had bandit sign calls. <laughs> yeah. That's a motivated so, seller, Tom. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. it was my bandit sign phone number. And I answered, I leave the class. I always get kicked out because you can't get, leave and get out. Uh, so I answered it and it was a guy who wanted to sell a property. He actually had a job change and he wanted to go meet him, meet me, meet me in like an hour or something. And I run back home. I print my contract out. And I go about to run out and tell my dad, like, hey, I got a contract. I, I'm really excited. I'm getting this thing signed with this motivated seller. And he said, Zach, you can't go by yourself. I'm like, yes, I can. He's like, no, you're 17. Uh, state of Florida, you can't sign contracts under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So he ran out with me. Um, he signed the contract for me, uh, but he went mute on the 
on the appointment, which I'll never forget. But uh, he basically went mute there, got that contract signed, found a cash buyer, made about $20,000 that deal. And then a month later, got another deal. And then eventually turned 18. I was able to do it by myself. Uh, but Rick really wasn't, he was in the picture. He helped me out a lot. Uh, but until after college is when I really started teaming up with him. Uh, I gotcha. So I did a lot of virtual wholesaling in college. Uh, so I went to college for about six months. And then I started doing the college classes online and just moved back here, started wholesaling more. Nice. Got it, did got you it. finish college? Oh yeah. Got my degree and everything. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome, man. So damn, that's crazy, man. Jeez. 17, trying to do deals. Well, what's Your going on? won't help you. <laughs> Fuck it, gotta He's go a wholesaler. <laughs> yeah. But what's going on in my mind is like, you're only 17, right? So... You know, what's going on in your mind at that time? And when, I, when I'm when i asking that question, I mean, like, it's tough for adults to find the confidence to do this thing, right? You know, we talk to people all day long and people message us and comment us. And there's a lot of people in the market that know us and our local market, especially. And um, they're trying to figure out how to approach these people and how to, you know, start the deal with confidence. And you're at 15, just gung ho. Doesn't matter that your dad doesn't want you to get in the business. You're just ready to go. And you had you lined up a motivated seller and you would have probably contracted it on your own if your father didn't talk to you about the legalities. Um, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But how do you know? Can you talk about your mindset at that time? Like, how do you have that kind of confidence to, to start the way that you did? I had no confidence starting out. Um, Ooh, I, I had a chip on my shoulder. So, at se- basically, from the age of 14 to 17, 14 to 18, really. Um, but it was really 14 to 17. I was a bag boy at a certain green grocery store in Florida. Don't want to get sued or anything, but everyone in Florida knows what I'm talking about. A, uh, I was basically bagging groceries and scrubbing toilets. And I got so sick of scrubbing toilets one day. I told myself I can never do this again. And that's how I learned about wholesaling is I didn't even know what my dad did, but he had a bunch of like $20,000 checks on his desk. And I was like, I got to learn how to do this. Um, so I knew it was possible because I saw him do it. Obviously, he was focused on his own business, which probably feed his family. Probably pretty important. Uh, yep. But I was motivated. I hated scrubbing toilets and bagging groceries. It was the worst thing ever. And I promised myself I want to work hard enough where I don't have to do it. Um, I saw the managers at that grocery store, and they made fifty thousand dollars a year. They worked sixty hours a week, and they hated their lives. I knew if I kept doing it, that's probably what I would end up doing. So um, my motivation was not having a nine to five job and living the life I truly wanted. That's amazing. Uh, how much? So apparently, your dad was into real estate. And he was a real estate investor. Um, he tried to steer you away, and maybe he did that tactfully because you know when you tell someone to do something, they want to do the opposite. Yep. So it might have been his evil plan all along. Um, uh, I I don't know. I I got mis misguided. I was going towards something, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. Cool. So I'm interested. <laughs> so what does your business look like now? Yeah. So right now we run a, basically a, the biggest operation on the church coast here in Florida. So we pump out a bunch of deals. So a lot of our deals are actually in person. We're a little different. Um, we don't have a big fancy office or anything. I mean, we have acquisitions people, we have marketing people, we have uh, kind of some dispositions people, but really not full-time employees. And we basically run a pretty good operation. I, I don't want to run a $10 million a year wholesaling operation. I want to run it where I can delegate it correctly and I don't have to work that hard and I can just do the stuff that I really enjoy in life. Uh, that's really the way we do it. We do a lot of direct mail. 
a lot of SMS blasting and a lot of cold calling. And then we have people run out to the appointments, get contracts, and we do a lot of wholetailing. So that's why our dispo is a little weird. Uh, we're buying these properties and putting them I back on the market. And we're putting about 500 <laughs> to maybe $2,000 on each one. And that's where we make a lot of our profits. Nice. So is the majority of your business wholetailing? Uh, right now it is just because how crazy the market is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it'll probably shift to more wholesaling if the market shifts at all. I gotcha. Nice, man. So that therefore your, your dispo is just kind of realtors or are you guys licensed and you list them yourselves? So Rick owns and operates a real estate brokerage. So mm. we use the realtors on there. Okay. Nice. So we get the best rates. We're, we're, we're good on that. Yeah. And then you don't have to take on full-time dispo people because that's what they do. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so you said you have a couple acquisitionists, uh, marketing, um, you do cold calling, text blasting. So what, what does that look like? Do you have one VA, two VAs, um, or, or, or you, do you have any VAs or is everything in house? What, what does that look like? Yeah. So we have VAs basically from Upwork. They'll do cold calling SMS blasting for us. Again, okay. we try to leverage the most valuable asset anyone in business and wholesaling house, which is time. So yep. four or five bucks an hour, pretty easy to do. Cold callers probably pump up the seven to eight bucks an hour from the Philippines. <clears throat> and with one acquisitions person right now, and they can handle the load we have. Now yep. we're in Port St. Lucie, so our average deals 30 to 40,000. So right, right. we're not pumping out like an insane amount of deals. So right, I'm not doing fit, like 50 deals a month, uh, but they're big deals. And we can wholetail them. So sometimes we'll get a sixty, seventy thousand dollar deal out there. So it's very important that we have acquisitions people that are very, uh, very tailored and very niched out to that yeah. motivated seller, um, and it works really well. So that's what we do. We go on as many in-person appointments as possible. We focus really hard on closing deals. We're in a very saturated market, uh, so we focus so much on rapport, and that's mm -hmm. where a lot of our focus is at. Our marketing is really simple. We do a lot of direct mail, a lot of cold calling, a lot of SMS blasting. And we're just trying to connect people who are looking to sell the property to our acquisitions person. And we let the magic happen. Right. That's awesome. And so in a world right now where wholesaling is all veering virtual, right? Everybody's going virtual. You know, there's trainings now everywhere, how to lock up deals over the phone, right? You, you can do this in any market. Um, and there's still a lot of people that preach um, and, it, and it can seem kind of old fashioned to do, you know, in-person appointments and, and in the field closings and stuff like that. Um, so why, why did you pick that model sticking to that model? Um, and do you see yourself continuing with that model um, or, or not? Yeah. So our market's very saturated. Like I've said, our average like deal we do, our motivated seller receives about six direct mail pieces a, a week. About, I would say Jeez. three or four cold calls every single, depend. Okay, if you're on a tax delinquency list, you're getting at least three cold calls a day. Uh, if you're probably getting three to four a week from the average wholesaler, an extra three to four from realtors. It's an extremely saturated market. There's only 200,000 like people living in Port St. Lucie, so it's not that big. And yep. there, there's a lot of wholesaling deals out there. So there's... Everyone from Palm Beach and Miami comes up north here because there are houses that are under 200,000 here. And it's a lot of competition. And there's a lot of virtual guys from Miami and Palm Beach in my market. So yep. the only way to have the difference, if I'm talking to a seller, is to actually be in the house. When you're in the house, you can go find rapport things to build. 
you can actually put a contract in front of a seller and get a deal done that quickly. And there's still enough margins for us to make really good deals. Yeah. Um, we've never really done any virtual wholesaling deals over 50,000. Uh, so it makes sense for us to have an acquisitions person go out there in person and do it. We do some virtual wholesaling, but the average deal is under 10K. So it's not the best out there for us, but uh, mm. we're pretty focused in person right now. Oh, we like to keep things old school and simple and it works very yeah. well for us. Yeah. Do, awesome. do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think your, your focus is on keeping the team that the size it, that it is, or do you eventually want to add to it and slowly grow it out? Yeah. So I've debated about this for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I can look at it. I mean, we run a very good operation. Just the question is, do I want to work more? Uh, so right. in my operation now, I, I can work five, six hours a week and that's it. And then it's, it's a very, it's not very stressful. Like I make sure the operations going, Hey, make sure the KPRs are going, make sure the acquisitions person, Hey, here's appointments for the day. Make sure dispo's going well, make sure the flips are fine. And I can go out there, do videos. It's some a hobby I have and really go out there and just relax. Um, that's something I like right now. We might start mm -hmm. looking to scaling more in the future. Uh, the biggest scaling we've done lately is just starting JVing with people on our YouTube channel. But Right now, it's we're not trying to push things too crazy right now. Um, we're acquiring a lot of lease options, subject twos, a lot of creative financing deals. And really, that's where we're at right now. I mean, we're, we're trying to, of course, get more deals every single month, but we're, we're not like an overdrive or anything right now. Gotcha. So your acquisitions uh, person has to be very skillful, right? If they're oh. going to work with the cash deals and they have to be versatile with lease options and subjects too. I mean, he's oh, got to yeah. be a very sharp guy. Yeah. I mean, when I hired my acquisitions person, I, I, I have one rule where it's basically three, three, and three. So before I actually go, like before I actually give the reins to this acquisitions person, they have to go with me on three separate appointments and they have to see me close three deals in person with a seller of $3,000 or more. And then three appointments where I'm talking half and my other acquisitions person is talking half. And we both kind of close together for $30,000 plus. And then I have to physically shadow my acquisitions guy and watch him close three $30,000 deals. Uh, of course, it might take a couple months for them to do that, but I have to make sure that they understand it that well before I'll give them the reins uh, to our operation. So that's how we know if our acquisitions person is legit or not. They have to get through. It's a gauntlet, honestly, but they, they get paid very well um, getting through that. So they're invaluable for us. That's awesome, man. So... Three, three, and three. So that's nine appointments that the deals have to be 30K or more. Obviously, you said you're in you know, Port St. Lucie, so the deal uh, profit per deal is a little bit higher. Um, how many appointments do you guys have to go to in order to achieve that? I mean, our closing rate's pretty good. We, we're very, we focus very hard on qualifying sellers too. So maybe okay. it takes three to four appointments to get like a crazy deal like that. I remember we do 10, $20,000 deals here and there. Like I, we'll do them. Like we're not going to say no to a $20,000 deal, but we, we really like to go for the big ones. Um, we, we recently last year did no this year we did a hundred thousand dollar deal and I showed the HUDs and everything. It was insane. Um, and it, it was amazing. But uh, right now we're, we're just focusing really on the in-person stuff right now. So uh, we'll do some smaller deals, but, It'll take about three to four to hit like a really good good one, or maybe one out of two would be a decent deal for us. Quick question for you: so, so one of our core values here at our at our company is celebration, 
when we hit strides, we like to celebrate in different ways. Mm -hmm. So the hundred thousand dollar deal, that's incredible. We've, we've not done a hundred thousand dollar deal yet. Um, do you guys celebrate that in any specific way? Do you reward your people in a certain way when some kind of stride like that happens? What happens, yeah. you know, on yeah, your last side? Quarter, we took our acquisitions person, uh, fishing in the Florida Keys. Oh, oh nice. there you go. Oh, yeah, it was nice. I love that's it. amazing. Um, so your focus is, it sounds like it's heavily on quality, right? You do a lot of marketing, you try to qualify them heavily, you go on in-person appointments. So quality is the key for you guys. Um, so what about the office structure? Do you guys come collectively to office? Are you guys all working from home or what? We're, we're working from home. It's it. that simple. Our acquisitions person. I mean, we'll talk with each other almost on a daily basis. I'll check the podio. I know exactly where the guy's going, his appointments for the day, the whole schedule. But no, nah, he goes, he goes, talks from his little home office. He'll go call, go on the appointments for me. Mm -hmm. We'll get the deals done like that. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you from my, this is my office. So like we have an office here uh, just for all the companies that we run, me and Rick, but sure. really for the wholesaling operation, we really don't have one. Nice. So I'm interested on how you found your acquisition manager and then um, how many did you have to go through in order to get the guy you have now? All right. So Rick knew this guy from networking, I think for the past three years and okay. he recently changed jobs and he was actually a bartender and he was a very good bar, like very good at talking to people yep, and yep. Uh, just shifted those skills over to actually making a really good amount of money and the rest was history. It took about, three really fun acquisitions training of three separate people to get to him. Uh, um, but a lot of really good guys we found are realtors or realtors who aren't really doing too well, or they want to do a little more in the investing space. Bartenders are good and use car salesmen. That's where the best acquisitions people we found across the country networking with everyone has been from. So you said used car salesmen as opposed to new car salesmen? Now you can do new car salesmen, but the used car salesmen got a little more of an edge to them. Um, okay. And they're probably not making as much. And if you can show them, they can easily make 100K with you. They're very good. On a resume. Okay, okay. So um, we, need to get a, we need to get our employee close rate up. That's one in three. Zach's cr crushing us. 33 <laughs> percent close well, we rate. qualify like crazy <laughs> i see yeah so, what i want to do is i want to jump in and, and ask really quick or just say to the audience just so that everyone knows that's watching it rick is uh i'm sorry um zach is uh you know very open he likes to contribute a lot of information from everything that i've learned about him and we're the same way so if anyone has any questions whatsoever go ahead and chime in with all the questions that you have we're here to help we're here to provide as much information as possible uh and whether it's questions or comments just go ahead and chime in and then we'll go ahead and we'll go over it there are some people asking a bunch of things right now and if it's cool with you guys i'm just gonna go over a couple yeah. of them um so Christian is asking, um, what keeps you motivated every day? Yeah. I mean, two things keep me very motivated every day. Um, of course, every day is never given. So I try to live every day as much as I can. Uh, but really what motivates me in the wholesaling operation is just, you know, changing my family's life. 
the more money I can make is the more power I can give on just changing my life, my future family's life. I'm going for legacy in a lot of things. Uh, making more money in my wholesaling operation means I can share more people how I'm doing that on YouTube. I can share more checks, more HUDs. And I, I truly think that that's the best way to teach someone about wholesaling. And uh, eventually that gets into back why I do a lot of my social media stuff is I'm just trying to change the way wholesaling education is being done. I give everything for free. And the more deals that I do means more content I can get for you guys to help you guys out for free. Um, I give everything absolutely for free. I'm trying to put gurus out of business and uh, trying to give the power back to the people for wholesaling. Because if, honestly, if, if my dad never did wholesaling, I don't know if I'd ever even know about it or have the education to do it right. There's no content out there when I started out in wholesaling. I had to learn it all from hard knocks. Yeah. I did so much cold calling in college that if I had a couple of videos to help me out, it would have saved me so much. Uh, but I had to cold call five hours a day, five days a week for a year straight for me to gain the skills for me to actually start teaching people to get, get in the business. Um, right. So it's a grind, but really my motivation right now is to change my family's life and my own life. And it's, it's been changed like crazy. That's awesome, man. Um, so what is, what is your end goal? Like what, what, what do you see your, you know, your, your life becoming? Yeah. So that's a great question. Obviously I always have financial goals, but they're really not important more or less for a lot. Of, like, I, I run an operation now where I can honestly shut everything down, take the money I got right now and just retire, live in a nice house and just do nothing. Um, so that doesn't motivate me. Um, I love the operation I have now. And honestly, I just want to keep up the wholesaling game. I'm kind of addicted to it. I really like seeing the numbers go up every single month and helping more people out. Uh, so I have acquisitions people that have kids to feed. Um, it pumps me up. But end goal really is to acquire more lease options, more subject twos, get more passive income coming in for me and uh, build my empire here in the Sa in Port St. Lucie and the Treasure Coast and just help as many people as possible in wholesaling. I want to be the authority figure so I can teach people for free how to get in this business and help them out. But um, right now we're acquiring a lot of funds right now. So if the market starts shifting, we start doing a lot more creative financing and getting uh, more of the general real estate stuff. But uh, right now we're trying to shift more into a lot of little commercial stuff. So Rick's getting a lot more into yeah. like commercial investing, uh, stuff like that, syndication. But uh, right now on the wholesaling part, I probably want to at least double or triple what we're doing now uh, within the next couple of years. But uh, that's kind of the goals I have right now. Who knows what the future is going to hold for me, though? That's awesome. One thing I'm curious about, because there's so many different um, ways to get into real estate, so many different options that we all have, right? So we have wholesaling, we've got flipping, buy and hold, uh, Airbnb. There's so many different things that we can do. Uh, what, what made you get addicted to wholesaling and not only get addicted to it, but you're sticking with it, right? And that's your focus. So why did you choose that? Wholesaling is the only <clears throat> legal means of becoming a millionaire in under two years that I know of in the United States right now. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, I, let's talk about the illegal ones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, of course, I, I'm not a natural like NFL athlete. So, of course, you can be in the NBA within two years or something like that. But for the average American, if I could put you and put you through training within two years, and most people can become a millionaire if you have the right mindset through it. Uh, wholesaling is one of the best ways out there. Like you can do uh, forex and Bitcoin training, but 
Truly wholesaling is the only way to go out there and make a million dollars within under, under two years. That's legal. And you can create a business for yourself. Mm, okay. So in, in, and I know you don't really have to spell this out entirely, but if you want to keep this, uh, the answer to this next part general, how, how would someone make a million dollars start just starting out in wholesaling? Yeah. I mean, depends on your car or not. I prefer everyone if you have zero dollars. I mean, you literally, I don't understand how you can go from zero dollars to a million. Really, you, all you got to do is put in sweat equity. So right. you probably don't have money for bandit signs. Go out there, start running for dollars. Find properties that are distressed. Honestly, if you go out there and call your local fire department and get your, and get the fire damage property list, start cold calling that with a Google Voice phone number. You can get a free deals doing that. Go to your free code violations from the county. Go to the utility department, get the water shutoff list, start cold calling that. Google Voice is free. TruePeopleSearch.com is real. Uh, you can uh, get all these free leads. Just get a government list that's absolutely for free. Either do that or do a FOIA act. Go to the clerk of the court. Cold call with Google Voice. Use TruePeopleSearch.com and keep dialing until you pass out and you'll get a wholesaling deal. It's really not that complicated with $0 or drive for dollars, which is a little better. But uh, the, the tools are out there online. It, it's but, insane. But Zach, which CRM do I use? Podio. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Yeah, Podio is awesome. Um, did you say running for dollars? You can go running for dollars. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. That's amazing. That's the first time I heard that. I kind of like it. Dude, this is the first time I heard cold call till you pass out. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of fucking cold call. That's yeah. it, man. I have no excuses with anyone. I, I've been on lives before where you know, I have someone literally that's a new wholesaler talk to me. I said, go drive for dollars. Say, I don't have a car. Go bike for dollars. I don't have a bike. I said, go run for dollars. That's how I came up with that concept. <laughs> no legs, go crawl for dollars. <laughs> that's it. I, so I, there's no excuses. I mean, I've, I tell everyone, if you have the money or the time to go out and cold call five hours a day, five days a week for an entire year straight of just government lists, and you do all of that and you don't get one deal, I would, it's not possible. You will get in front of someone who wants to sell a property and just wants to give it away for cash for their situation. Right. You get are you in front saying, of enough people on a list like that, you'll get a deal. Are you saying government lists because those can be typically um, attained for free? Yep. And they're pretty okay. much, they're very good lists. Okay. For the, for the audience and the people watching, and maybe for me, what are the government, you know, can you just name a handful of government lists? Yeah. So probates, code violations, fire damage properties, water okay. shutoffs, tax lien, tax delinquents. Uh, technically not pre-probates because you're using PropStream for that one. Uh, but really, I, probates are one of my favorite ones out there. But uh, stuff like that, I mean, they're, they're very simple. Even you can do divorce lists. I mean, there's so many lists out there that you can go do. But uh really drying for dollars uh, is the other one out there. I don't call it a government list, but uh, it's the best. It's one of the best ones out there. So if I had to stick to three, it'd be code violations, probates, and water shutoffs right now. Mm. That's, that's gold. That's mm -hmm. gold. So um, what you, did you pick those three? Because that's what's bringing you the best results right now. That's and a great. That, and if not, that's what what the best oh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. And if, and if not, what is bringing you the best results? Yeah. So those are the best results when I started out, especially yeah. cold calling when I had $0 and I actually hustled. So that's what I did to get deals right now. We're getting a little, 
Okay, we're getting very hot on the vacant land stuff right now. So it's probably not best when starting out. But code violations, we still do deals on. We do probates deals every single month. And then fire damage yeah. properties, we've been finding a lot of people doing really well with it. And we've been hitting those lists really hard too. So uh, probably those three also. Fire damage is another one. Some counties can get it a lot easier than others. Uh, but remember, the harder it is to get a government list, the better it is for you. Uh, right. With all right. right. And um, what's what's your, your favorite campaign right now? Your, your most productive uh, marketing campaign? Is it mailers? Uh, probate mailers are our best ROI uh, right now, yeah. but we only send out two to 300. It's, it's not that much. Uh, I would say our direct mail right now is probably still the best one. It's tried and true. Oh, wow. We've never done a direct mail campaign and not gotten a deal from it. So, right. Oh, oh. Yeah, dude, we just got a, a direct mail contract today. That's all that. That's wild. Um, yeah. yeah. On West 12. The funny story about direct mail. So, <laughs> I, I entered the game pro probably right around the same time frame you, you did, kind of early 2017. You're 21 as well, right? I'm 21 as well. Yeah. So, like, the, the rage at that time was direct mail. So, I threw like a, a ton of money. I moved from Idaho to Jacksonville to like get in that in a small little farm town up in Idaho. Can't really wholesale up there. Um, so I moved down here and just that's uh, skip tracing wasn't quite a thing at that yeah. time. Like you just couldn't get data at, at the same way you can now. Right. So I just ripped a bunch of money on just straight equity lists off list source uh, with direct mail. And I calculated, I'm like, I'm going to make it statistically impossible for me to not get a deal uh, or to, to get a deal or uh, <laughs> whatever. You know, I didn't get one. So I, I, I spent about 20 grand on on direct mail. And, it, and oh, you I, didn't get a deal? I didn't get, but I, I, I wasn't running the acquisitions at that time. I was partnering up with somebody else who was doing the lead gen mm. and the, 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 the qualifying. Of the I was going to so. say, dude, you didn't say that in the interview. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Who did I bring on the team? <laughs> it's funny how you learned the true, honest parts yeah, of the yeah, deal. Oh, by the way, all those deals I months. said, I never closed. I never did them. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, so Hayden actually runs our our uh, JV yeah. our JV department. So just like you said, you're you know JVing and stuff. Yeah, so that's what Hayden does with us. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you've been picking up a little bit on that? Oh, yeah. It's been insane. I mean, the social media growth has been crazy. Uh, yeah. But get people sending me like like zach I, I got a deal here in port at least i need it sold okay here's a cash buyer here's the jv agreement yep yep it's That's easy awesome. for me yeah man so what um what would you say is your like next immediate thing on your to-do list to grow your business right now i think right now we're trying to pump up more jv deals like we've okay. done a couple twenty thousand dollar jv deals well, it's forty thousand but you know we split it mm -hmm. um Bar and we only have we only have a fraction of what we can get on social media, so I'm gonna pump that up a lot. I'll probably pump up more direct mail. Um, SMS is getting interesting. Um, we're getting in some unique marketing strategies we can't talk about right now, uh, but we're we're working on that, and we'll probably release some videos on that in the next coming months. But uh, we got some secret stuff we're, we're working on. Uh, it's pretty okay. exciting. Okay, all for free. You're gonna oh, yeah. share it all for free. Of course. Hell yeah! Sign me up. <laughs> sold let me pay for it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> cool so um direct mail is working you're gonna pump more into it jv's working you're pumping more into it um are you wholetailing any of your jv deals uh no because we gotta no. split them right right okay okay 
So how are you making the decision on your deals? Like, hey, this one's worth wholetailing. Is there a certain uh, metric that you look for? Um, or do you always go to for the wholetail every time? And then if not, look for the wholesale number. How does that work? Or yeah, so, vice versa? Yeah, so we, we like to make it very simple. Uh, I think you've noticed from my operations so if our deal, if we can make about more than thirty thousand on the deal and it needs less than two thousand and a true two thousand, if the roof has a structural issue or anything, I'm just going to wholesale it. If the property is such a mess, if it needs a new roof, we're going to wholesale it. If it will pass an inspection on a conventional loan, we'll wholesale it usually, and we're going to make over thirty. We'll do it. Uh, some deals we'll put ten to fifteen into it if we can really push it, make seventy, eighty in profit, but we we don't like that too much. Uh, so really, if it's over 30k and it's not big of, it's not really a big headache for us. We'll go wholesale it. Do you find yourself coming into scenarios where you attempt to wholesale it, you're not getting the uh, or the potential returns that you think you should get, so you decide to wholesale it? Uh, no, not really. It happens the opposite way where I wholesale a deal, and it the guy ends up making like forty thousand on me, that the the cash buyer, which I'm happy. It, it's great, and I'm like, oh, I should have wholesaled that. Uh, but mm. the other end, not really. Um, we've had some wholetails that I were such nightmares that I'm like, I we should have wholesale this one, uh, but really not not that way. Ooh, can you tell us about the one of the most difficult recent nightmare stories? Oh yeah. So if you go on my YouTube channel, uh, I, I had a video where I did a wholetail. We ended up making sixty thousand on the deal, which was great, but it was it was very stressful. Where we go at, it's all good. I, I spent a thousand bucks on it. The only problem is the person smoked in the house and that was it. And we just, we, we got some lady with vinegar and we cleaned everything out, cleaned the ducks. It smelled fine. Um, we put the ozone thing in there. So we go there, we got on the market, we get a contract very easily. We're going to make like 60,000. We're so pumped up. The inspector comes in and they open one of the wires and it's all corroded. And the guy's like, this is Chinese drywall because it was built in 2005. And in Port St. Lucie, there's a lot of Chinese drywall that happened after her, Hurricane Wilma, I think. Uh, Wilma, I think. Uh, but in whatever the hurricane in 2005 was, so they so much Chinese drywall. And the inspector just said there's Chinese drywall. And we lost that one. And we had to go in. And we got another contract. And the inspe that inspector said it had Chinese drywall because it was corroded. The outlets were corroded, which meant there was too much sulfur in the house. Mm -hmm. And we're freaking out because that means we'd have to spend a fortune changing everything out, all the drywall. It would have been labeled a Chinese drywall house. We would have lost our butt on that deal. Turns out that I got so frustrated because I, I knew it was not a Chinese drywall house because I, I would have smelled the sulfur. Um, and so we ended up, the lady was smoking so much cigarettes in the house that there was so much sulfur in the, from the cigarette smoke. It was like that. So I had to go rip drywall out, look at where it was built, and then go in the act and look, and it was built in Palatka. And uh, we almost lost our butt on it, but I had to literally rip so much drywall out of the house to prove it was not Chinese. Um, but we ended up, it was fine, but it was a complete nightmare. Uh, Jeez. Uh, what kind of time did you have invested into that deal? Uh, it was about two weeks to get everything cleaned out. Uh, just the cigarette smell was really bad. So you had to clean it out, let it soak with the vinegar, and then go out and clean it up again. Uh, but... It was about three months because we lost the contract. We had to get another one and then do it again. So about three months in total on that one. Okay. Okay. So and now you now you're living the flipper life. I mean, three months in, <laughs> in a flipper deal, three to six yeah. months or so. So Ugh. we didn't get into wholesale for that, right, Zach? No, we did not. <laughs> do you do any any flips at all? Huh? 
Say again. Do you do any any like flips every once in a while, occasionally? Yeah, we'll do a Feels couple. Too flips. good to not flip. If they're like seven or eighty, um, we're doing a couple creative finance deals that we're flipping, but we're just cash flowing that one out. Okay. Uh, a lot of stuff in like Palm Beach County and uh, Broward County, but uh, those ones are really good for like Airbnb or something like that. We'll do, but not really. I mean. We have four on the market now, but we've only owned them for like a month. So uh, not really any flips right now. Are you keeping any Airbnbs right now? Uh, Not Airbnbs right now, no. No, okay. Nice, nice. Okay. Someone's asking here, uh, what's the marketing strategy that gives you the biggest market, uh, the biggest fat margin deals? Probates, hands down. Um, Are you targeting stacked lists? Uh, or only going after people that's hard to reach. I don't know how to answer that, but yeah. So we're in Port St. Lucie, so two hundred thousand, and there's a lot of great deals for us. So we kind of we do a lot of mail. So a lot yeah. of the lists that we do are kind of stacked with with each other. So if you have equity and you've owned the house for a while, you're probably going to direct mail piece from us or a text or a cold call. Uh, so we kind of they're all lumped in. So if mm-hmm. I do the vacant high equity. Uh, with the high equity for someone that's owned the property 10 years or a tired landlord with high equity, you're still going to be on my high equity list. So they're all pretty much much together. Got it. Uh, Naaman is asking, do you ever do, uh, I guess he's asking about digital leads. Do you do Facebook ads, SEO, PPC, anything like that? We've done them. We've, We've made a little bit of money on it. We've done one deal. Like we made 5K and we spent 3K. And it's too much of a hassle for us. The algorithm changes every month. They're going after targeting. Uh, we, we can't really go after a certain demographics anymore. Uh, zip codes. It's getting a lot more difficult. So we get it. We just do what we know. Nice. It's good. It's good. Okay. Um, also, Fred is asking here, uh, what auto dialer or do you use smartphone as an auto dialer? If not, which one do you use? I use batch dialer. Batch, batch dialer. dialer. Okay. Is there a reason you chose Batch Dialer or is that the first one you chose and it works so you stick with it? Well, right now with the Trace Act, we were using Zengal and I was 12 line. I was a Mojo freak because I, I used to do Mojo when I was in college. That was before there was right. 10 line dialers or anything like that. And unfortunately with the Trace Act now, you're really going to be pushed to like three dials. So we went back to Batch. Uh, same price for everything, except we have all of our lists and skip tracing with Batch. So we usually just integrate it together. Uh, but Zencall is a Canadian company. So we just went with the American one that's pretty much on top of the Trace Act because I'm not getting sued. Uh, so that's kind of how we came up with it. Nice. So what, what do you what do you mean by that, by getting sued? So like RVMs in Florida, like the Southern District of Florida has done pretty much, uh, what is it, case law that you can't do RVMs. And they've right. come after a lot of people. Um, there's some investors in Miami that have been hit with like twenty, thirty thousand dollar like fines. Uh, so I don't want to get in trouble with Uncle Sam or be made a uh, get in trouble. That's all I could say. There's been a lot of there's a lot of lawyers in Florida, and we don't want to mess with them. Uh, so if we stay within the confines of the law, we should be fine. The Trace Act's focusing more about call length. So going from twelve to three lines will keep our call length a lot longer. Uh, so we should be pretty much protected on there. Uh, we're not really too scared of lawsuits, more or less, with cold calling because it's all TCPA compliant. But we're more scared of 
T-Mobile flagging us as spam, and then we won't get any answers on the calls. Uh, so right. we're focusing more of you call me. It's a local area code calling me. They're going to answer it. We get a deal. Right, right, right. Huh. So how does Canada and America stop you from getting sued? You can't stop me from getting sued. But if you call my co-caller in the Philippines and they ask what company we're going to talk, we're just going to say we're regular investors. Um, we're not going to just tell them we're John Smith LLC. Here's our address. Go give us a lawsuit. Uh, this comes back to my bandit sign days uh, of distrust of the government. If that makes sense. Where code, <laughs> fight, code enforcement was trying to give me a $5,000 fines. Like they, they, if they knew who I was, they would have slapped me with it. And I, I never, I never got caught. Because every time they called me, I would just, as 17, I would not do this today. But as a 17 year old, they called me, they asked who my name was so they can go hit me with a fine. I just said, hey, this is just an answering service. And they stopped bothering me. But uh, Canada and the US can't stop you. But what a United States company can do is become more TCPA compliant, where the Canadian company is probably more in line with the Canadian laws when it comes to cold calling. Mm. So I got you. I got you. And the user interface is a little tougher for Zencall, but uh, yeah, nothing wrong with them. But uh, we, we just we want to be as protected as possible. I gotcha. I gotcha. Were you were you ever doing RVMs at any point? Or oh yeah, we did yeah. a ton of RVMs back in the day, um, and then they started the Southern District of Florida started hitting case law, and they started going after it very hard, and we 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 just stopped. Uh, there's people still doing it. But it's getting phased out pretty pretty quickly, and uh, the Trace Act's basically going to outlaw it. How do you feel? So, so with RVMs kind of trending that route, how do you feel about the outlook of of text marketing? Do you think that will will trend more in in that way, or is that still a, a consistent producing marketing form for you? It's consistent. It'll probably get phased out in like two to three years. I'm not really scared of it. Or I'm still going. I could be completely wrong. I have no idea. Uh, the Trace Act's really going after those, um, what, car insurance warranty guys. Uh, you guys all know who I'm talking about. Dealer uh, service. Yeah. Yeah. They're going after them. So if it translates to texting, we'll see. I think texting is going to be here for at least three years because who's legislating all this stuff is politicians. And how are politicians raising money? They are texting you. I get 10 texts every political season for me to yep. go do a candidate. So they're probably going to keep texting good. Yeah, so I'm not too worried thing. about it. So I think texting should be fine. Yeah, no, I remember just after this past election, it seemed like a bunch of things cracked down. It seemed like AT&T and like Verizon came up with like a whole new, uh, I remember like our, our, our delivery rate just tanked and it seemed like something was going to change, but I've never actually <laughs> thought of it from the standpoint of they, they need those texts to make their campaign. Yeah, well, I think for fundraising, literally yeah. congressmen and women have booths in the democratic uh national com uh, committee and the republican national committee where the congress men and women will actually cold call they have to cold call in the committee rooms so they're not going to outlaw cold calling either they, the congress people that write the laws still cold call today donors of course but they still do it it's all public information yeah so we need to be donating more to political parties <laughs> that's what i'm getting from this yeah yep, yep, yep. I, I texted Biden. I said, take me off the list. He just never does. <laughs> he just keeps me on the list. Cool, man. So are you thinking you're because of your approach to wholesaling and, um, you know, in-person closing and stuff like that, 
are, are you thinking that you're only going to stay in, in Port St. Lucie for now? I mean, we do multiple counties outside of it. So we'll probably do a little more south. Again, South Florida is booming now. Everyone from California is yep. moving in the Northeast. I see New Yorkers are coming up. So uh, we'll probably stick to our certain markets right now. Start doing a little more virtual stuff and uh, pump up the JVs. Maybe start getting some cash buyer, uh, build some more around the country and start JVing like that. Um, we really got to look more, but uh, we're probably going a little more south uh, right now. And is your field guy just covering all of that? Oh, yeah. He just goes all over? Yep. Okay. When and you say field guy, you mean acquisitions? The correct. Acquisitions yes, correct. Guy? Okay. So when do you think you're going to need another acquisition manager, and how are you going to find him? So I'll probably find my next acquisitions manager – uh, it, it's bad you got uh, Hayden here, but um, honestly, it's a fine line between Dominic and uh, G. Uh, here's the problem: you got to find an acquisitions manager that, that wants to work for you, and they don't want to just suck all your information and then go do their own thing. Like six months later, it's a very fine line. Yeah, Hayden knows to somebody. kill him. Yeah, he signed. <laughs> he signed the. Agreement. Yeah, I, I will literally <laughs> end his life. So. It's a fine line because I do a lot of YouTube stuff. So there could be a guy in Port St. Lucie right now watching my stuff that wants to learn this market specifically. What zip codes I'm marketing to, how I'm doing my acquisitions here, that they want to see me shadow with them. And, and then they're just going to you know, get all my info. Hey, and do their own thing. Right Say that again? Oh, that was some weird feedback. Yeah, that, wasn't that, was, oh, that was no audio issues. <laughs> uh, so it's a fine line between someone who actually wants to work for me versus someone who actually wants to take my business or do something. Right. So if I have a guy who's a failed wholesaler, I'm probably not going to hire him. I'll yep. probably find mm-hmm. probably another bartender or a car salesman or another salesperson. And I probably have yeah. them. Uh, once they go yeah, from I making got a right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It sucks. No, no. I have a, a counter question on that. So a failed wholesaler might not qualify, but what about an aspiring wholesaler? Aspiring wholesaler is interesting. You really got to see if they're integrator or a. Visionary. I like the integrator roles, but someone who is out there doing the visionary stuff, they might be a little more difficult. They give you all these ideas and they might feel they need more deals. When your acquisitions person tells you that you should be paying me more, that's when you cut them off. Uh, so you got to be very careful. Someone who has big <laughs> visions where they want to make $5 million a year. Uh, they're right. probably not best for my operation because my acquisitions person won't make that. Uh, right. But you want someone who wants to make a good living. Usually if they have a family, they're a lot more committed to their work with you uh, versus a single right. guy who's starting to make a ton of money that is very visionary. Uh, so that's kind of what I look at for the next acquisitions person. Hayden, you're not looking good right now. I Hayden. know. You just, you just <laughs> explained me to a T. Uh, Hayden, I mean, get I, married. ASAP. <laughs> hey, Zach, really quick. You sound like um, a guy that's wise beyond his years. Um, how are you the way you, you are? I don't, I don't know how else to say it because, you know, it takes a lot of people, you know, many decades to, to get the mindset that you have right now. Is it from your dad? Um, did something happen in your life that whipped you into shape? Like maybe I elaborate mean- on that. I mean, my, my dad's a big influence on me, obviously, but I, I just knew from an early age what I wanted in my life. I don't want to be the guy working 80 hours a week. 
I'm not married. I don't have kids. Uh, I'm, I'm motivated like crazy just to keep going. Uh, but really, I want to change the way wholesaling is being done. So that's kind of what, what me into shape. Um, I started cold calling like crazy. I didn't want, I hated cold calling, but I kept doing it. And I realized I didn't want to do that. So I learned how to scale up systems from there. Uh, books like Traction are really good, but um, I guess you're thinking mindset things. I, I read a lot of Tony Robbins. I listen to podcasts like crazy. I work out every day, so I'll, I'll put something educational in there. And I, I try to stay in a good influence of people who are just very nice people and just constantly want to you know, help me out, become a better person. Uh, but really the mindset I have is I, I listen to a lot of education out there. I don't pay for any of it, but I listen to the top people and I, I, I know what I want in my life and I want to help other people out. So, uh, I don't know. I just read a lot of books, I guess. Yeah. So Zach, Tony, when did hmm? to, Tony Robbins is a life changer, especially at a young age. If you, if you, you know, like you should, you know, if you truly believe everything that he's saying and apply it. At a young age, it will it will uh, mm. whoop you in a shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah Open yeah. doors for you, right? At, at what age, you know? Because I feel like everybody's got a childhood. You know what I mean? Like, at what point were you like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lock up motivated sellers. You know? Okay. I, like, what? At what point is that? Like, I'm, I screw the baseball glove. You know? Like, walk walk <laughs> me through that transition. Is there is there yeah. a transition? You know? Oh yeah, I, I had a breaking point at that green grocery store. Someone pooped on the floor and my manager made me clean it up. And I said, I'm never doing this again. I love it. Oh, but you okay. did it that time. Okay. I was working yeah. there. I had to get fired. I would have gotten fired. Right, right. It's funny. I, so I yeah. did that. And then I said, I'm never doing this again. Right, right. And then I, uh, I'm at this point right now. So I'm going to keep going. That's amazing. Hell yeah. I, I think in a, in a way, the, the answer to your question was in your question. It's different for everyone probably. Yeah. 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 I may not have reached the no. point of maturity yet. Mm, that's <laughs> still true. working on it. Dom is still cleaning shit off the ground. <laughs> He's, he, he hasn't. He hasn't I don't want to fucking get fired, bro. <laughs> What's wrong with it's, you? it's funny. So, so you do a lot of trying to help other people. And like, so I can, I can think in my life, the definitive like breaking point, you know, where it was like, all right, it's time to grow up, you know, you make it work. Um, so, so with you taking on this role of education, um, and I like, I see this a lot on the JV side too, with, with some of the partners I deal with, um, uh, a lot of this is mindset. I guess maybe I'll start with that statement. Do you agree with that? Or do you disagree, uh, in terms of like starting out in wholesaling and picking up the dialer and, and talking to people? Yeah, I, I would say it's mindset. I mean, you got to callous your mind to get really good at cold calling, but, um, right. it, a lot of it's mindset. I listen to a lot of a lot of people in between my cold calling sessions just get me pumped up and fired up. But uh, if your goal is money, it, it won't last long. I figured right. that out pretty fast too in wholesaling. Got it. So like as you're trying to, to coach people, um, how, how, how do you um, – because like maybe I, I deal with it where it's like, hey, this person is not taking the action and maybe it's because they haven't experienced the amount of pain that maybe – like I can think of what, what I experienced and that was what kicked me into gear. You know what I mean? And I could imagine in your position, you'd probably deal with a lot of people that have the vision or have the idea, but when it comes to the execution, it's almost like the, the pain hasn't become enough. Is there, uh, you know, just come selfishly kind of asking, because if it comes up yeah. you know, and not work, I, I'd, I'd like to know how, how you handle that with, with your people. Yeah. So I, 
I'm very emotional when it comes to helping people out because this is people's lives. I'm dealing with people that have four kids, they're a single mom, they're trying to learn wholesaling. And then I got people who are young, ambitious, wanting to go at 18. I see everyone throughout the lives. They do all the YouTube channel stuff. So um, it boils down to, I've seen guys that have watched my content for months and then they start making a hundred thousand by themselves. And there's people that have been watching my stuff for years and they got zero deals. And I boiled it down to one simple thing. It's just action. The people that will do very well watching my stuff. I give the info for the, the info is free. It, it's serious. Like I, I wholesaling is, lo is a lock and my info is the key. All you have to do is just unlock the lock and do it. Some people will take the key and just say, Hey, I don't know what to do. Or th this key thing, this key doesn't work and they don't do the action. Action is the most important part. So the people that follow my information and hear what I say, which isn't sexy, it's the truth that if you want to get good at talking to sellers and you actually want to get marketing deals and you have zero dollars, cold calling government lists is where it's at. The more time you spend cold calling, the more skills you gain talking to sellers, which helps your acquisitions and also you're gaining uh, seller leads and you can go out there for free. It, that's what it's all about. And so the people that I go out there, take action and just, I hate the word grind, but they've grinded out and they get better and they get deals, they'll, they'll, they'll do well versus the person that wants the, the shortcut. How do I sure. not talk to sellers and how do I not deal with everything? Right. And I get right. deals in, in my phone. I don't want to talk to anyone either. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. Dude, sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like if you want to get good at talking to sellers, you need to talk to sellers. <laughs> yep. You need to talk to more sellers. That's it. Like hey. people are like, how do I get, how do I get very strong or how do I get like a muscular body lift weights? Everyone knows that is the people that lift the weights that actually get the results. Yeah. Let's do the work. Really good yeah. Point, yeah. So Zach, if, if you had to put a number on it, right. Uh, and I know everyone's different and there's different personalities and some people catch on, uh, uh, quicker than others, but if people are going to do the work, how many cold calls would it take till someone gets relatively good at their phone calls? Um, I use the 10,000 hours method. That's kind of what I do. It takes $10,000 to be an expert at something. So if you're constantly talking to sellers for 10,000 hours, you should become an, you should easily make hundred K a year with your eyes shut. Um, so it depends what dialer you're using. Obviously, if you do it from Google voice, which you're probably starting out versus using a triple line dialer versus 12 line dialer, the dollar is going to be different. Uh -huh. But generally, if you have a high equity list in your County and you just pull that generally, or you pull together a bunch of wholesalers, and you cold call for 10,000 hours, which probably take you two to three years, you should easily make 100K. People go to college for four years and they'll spend 20,000. So it, it's it's like a college education. And that that'll, you'll get hired any job. If you're very proficient at cold calling and talking to sellers, you can go to any job in the United States after three years and you'll make at least 50,000 as a salesperson. Hmm. Dude, that's gold. Mm -hmm. That's college cold call. <laughs> yeah hey man i mean for people that are starting i mean i think that's that's pure gold like you know it's hard because you know we actually talked to someone earlier today that had two leads and it wasn't panning out to anything and they were getting frustrated right so they didn't have the right numbers to help them to understand that what it really takes to get a deal right right and if what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out how long is it going to take me to get good at cold calling or conversations Ten thousand dollars, uh, ten thousand dollars, ten thousand hours. Well, you can pay someone ten thousand dollars, maybe, but ten thousand hours of training or less, you should be great at it, or you should be relatively good at it, and you should be making deals. And if that's what it's going to take to, so when you say that, like, 
And I know there's different ways to look at it. 10,000 hours, you should be able to make 100K a year. It sounds like to me, that's probably even without a team. It's probably as an, an, an individual. Yep. That's it. That's awesome, dude. That's hey, listen, good. Zach, we're, we're getting very close to the tail end of this. Um, how can people learn more about you or where can they find you online or on social media? Yeah, so I'm mainly most of val most valuable contents in three places. So I have two YouTube channels and one Facebook group. So you go to Zach in on YouTube, uh, kind of about me, or you go to Flip with Rick on YouTube, which is me and my dad, and then uh, exclusive content in both of them. And then the Wholesaling Houses for Real Facebook group, which is my free wholesaling mastermind. I also got my free wholesaling course in there. And uh, it's the largest growing Facebook. It's the largest mastermind in the country for wholesaling. And it's the fastest growing Facebook group for wholesaling real estate right now. So um, those are the three places you'll probably find them the most. That's nice. awesome. So it's a Facebook group, but you also call it a mastermind? Yeah. So we go live every Thursday. And I'll just do individual calls with people or we'll just go live all together as a mastermind call. So a little bit of everything. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's man. awesome, man. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's an incredible service. So thank you for that, dude. And we'll definitely be uh, looking to follow you a whole lot more. And we'll check out more of your stuff. And uh, I think we're in. I'm in your group. I think we're most yeah, of us I'm are in, in your group. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for doing this, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll stay in touch. All right, guys. You heard it. Rick has uh, has given us a ton of information. Rick. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep thinking of his dad. I'm an older guy, okay? I'm sorry. Think of his dad. So Zach Jeez. has given us a ton of information. Um, it's been pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know how real. you guys feel Cold about call it. till you pass out. <laughs> yeah, 10,000 hours. You'll be really, really great at it. Let's put that on the wall. Um, there's a, there was a ton of golden nuggets in there. We do need that on there. the wall. That, Cold that call till you pass out. out. <laughs> <laughs> get that tattooed on my... On my uh, and your lower back? On my uh, dog bite. <laughs> Cool, guys. Thanks a lot again for joining us. Um, Who do we have next week? Somebody. Oh, guys, somebody will be with us live <laughs> next week at 9 p.m. here in this show, uh, Tuesday night in this Facebook group. Guys, I'm G. Guys, and I'm dumb. And, and this is the what Cash happened? Geeks Network. All right, we'll see you later. <laughs>